It's time for another edition of the Publix and Privates OK Preps podcast, presented by Scordle. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Johnson and Michael Swisher. It's that time again. Time for another edition of the Publix and Privates OK Preps podcast, presented by Scordle. I'm your host, Ben Johnson, and as always, joined by my co-host, Michael Swisher. Michael, how's state tournament week for you so far? get here can't wait for it to get here I'm, i know the players and coaches that made it are, are all the same so uh, i'm kind of in the same boat i, I get really excited this time of year uh, just like you guys do you know and, and not that i don't but just like uh, you know the people that love wrestling get, get really excited for wrestling uh, state wrestling tournament listen to to your interview last week you know they said it's like christmas and uh, that's kind of the way i feel but i get two christmases i get i get two weekends in a row what's fun about wrestling is the fact that you get dual state, which is, I mean, you get you four teams get to walk away with hardware. You hand out trophies, and then you know you get regionals and state. It's almost kind of like within the span of two weeks, you get to start all over and do everything all over again. I mean, it's. I remember for the longest time, it was kind of confusing to me. You know, back when I was in high school at Broken Arrow, you know, Broken Arrow was winning these dual championships. I'm, I'm, I was thinking, what in the world is a dual championship? I, I thought I, I thought they went out there and wrestled. It was every man for himself. And I guess in my mind, I'm just thinking it's like total chaos on a mat. And it's like 20 people just wrestling at once. And I had no idea. And, you know, as you start to find out what it is and you get the dual state championships, you get um, you have two classes that you're going to absolutely know what's going on and two classes that could be a toy, coin toss in a year and. Then you move on to regionals, and that's when it is every man for himself. And you, you know, you kind of, you kind of go along, and everything adds up, and a team wins a championship. But it, it's really mano a mano, every man for himself. And at the end of the state tournament, you get what is it, fifty six wrestlers are crowned champions. So that's it's kind of a cool deal to see how everything happens. You know, every every kid gets his chance to stand on the podium, gets his picture taken, gets on that big stage. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. I, I know you're a big basketball guy, but, um, was there anything, any, re- anything from the wrestling world that stood out to you last week? Well, first I want to know is, you know, when, when you were in high school and thinking about dual state, were you envisioning something like the, the, the brawl in Anchorman or something like that? Is that, is that what, I killed the man with a trident yeah, or something like that? Or, I mean, yeah. Guys walking around with grenades and tridents and, <laughs> no idea, like you know, having no idea what happened, and Brick Tamblin's over there, and you got West Man Tooth Man handling someone over in the other corner. You know, you just I had no idea what 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 anything was, other than when I was in high school, Brandon Tucker was a broken arrow, and he was manhandling everyone. And what's funny is it kind of came full circle because Broken Arrow had its second four time state champion. This past weekend, and Zach Marticelli, um, I remember being in high school, knowing that Brandon Tucker was, you know, man, I mean, a man amongst boys, even though he's at one of the lower weight classes. But it's kind of cool to see Broken Arrow get that second four-time state champion because it's such a rare accomplishment. Yeah, and, and here I'm going to, for the second time, venture away from the state wrestling tournament. Um, it was a video that you shared from uh, the OSU Iowa duel. I think Flow Wrestling, maybe. Yeah. 
um, posted it originally. I've probably watched that 50 times, and every time, I mean, I'm, I'm not an OSU fan. I'm, I'm not anti-OSU by any stretch. But every time I watch that, man, I man, that gets me fired up. That's that was an awesome video, and I had, I wish I could have been there live. I talked to two guys today who were there in person, and 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 one of them's a huge basketball fan, and, and he said he he can only think of one other time that Gallagher Iba might have been louder in an OSU basketball game. Uh, then that moment right there, that was, that was a really cool moment too. Well, back back in the day, one of my good buddies in high school, his parents had season tickets to Gallagher Iba before they raised the roof, and it was always really cool. And back in the the Desmond Mason, going back to Keontae Roberts, those teams, those those were always a lot of fun. But then I was in college at OSU after the roof was raised, and my freshman years when John Lucas, the Graham Twins, Daniel Bobbitt, oh, yeah. Ivan McFarlane were around. And, you know, that's back whenever you had to wait in line to get in, get into Gallagher Iba. And I had a little trick that I would never be the one to go for those uh, bleacher seats down on the floor. I was one of the middle section, kind of back behind the goal of uh, the visiting team because you could get a chair back, first of all. You know, you got to go comfort over everything else at times. And then, you know, after a while, it just became such a such a tradition for me to just go for those seats and get second or third row and still great seats and then yell my head off for games like Kansas, um, Iowa State. All, I mean, so much fun back in the day. So I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I wish I had been at Galgariba, but, you know, as we, get, as we get older, we have lives that kind of keep us away from being able to go to stuff like that. And I know you were busy at a state fair arena and gathering schedules and getting all the small school coaches prepped for the state tournament this week. Yeah, did you say lives or wives that keep us away? I didn't, I didn't quite catch that. Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Sunday, the Sunday prior to the state tournament, um, they always have the meeting at State Fair Arena with the coaches that make it. Um, that's where they, they meet with David Glover. Everybody by then, um, unless you're just really out of the loop, has knows who they're going to play. Um, everybody has figured out the bracket formula, if you will. Um, how it's made up so everybody knows who they're going to play it's just a matter of of, of when they're going to play and where they're going to play and what the the rest of uh, the times look like um, and then you know it's just hammering out other details making sure um, that you know the the media stuff is filled out and turned in um, you know usually the guys from the Oklahoman are there um, and then uh, you know they get their passes for all the players and they handle that kind of thing and uh, just kind of all the other pertinent information that really that nobody thinks about all the behind the scenes stuff that has to be taken care of. Um, you know, it's a really busy week for coaches that um, coaching basketball and getting to the basketball games is almost <laughs> almost uh, the last thing that they get to take care of because of everything else that's involved this week, from the pats on the back to the pep rallies to. Um, you know the, the dinners that people want to you know have for them. Uh, it's it's practicing and, and playing basketball uh, are almost the last things that they, they get taken care of. It's almost like a sigh of relief when that ball goes in the air. Yeah. You know, you, you work all week to get to that point, and once that ball goes in the air Thursday, you know, say you win and move on, it's pretty much secondary at that point because you you already know you have a hotel. Or if you're close enough, I guess you don't have to stay in a hotel. You can just go back and let the kids go home, sleep at, sleep back in their own beds and regather in the morning or whatever. So, you know, Friday and Saturday take care of themselves. It's that Thursday game where everyone where everyone gets a shot that everyone has to plan for and 
That's that's the anticipation for me is getting ready for those Thursday games and seeing all the times and trying to map out your week and figure out who you're going to be able to watch and how you're going to find scores of this game or that game. That's always the fun to me. The, it's a it's stressful for coaches, but as someone who's a fan and covers the games, the logistical part is kind of fun for me. Yeah. Well, luckily now we got the the easy way to, to get scores. Um, uh, Corey took care of that. Corey Rogers. That's uh, right. With, with Squirtle. But yeah, that, that used to be, uh, you know, way back in the day, you used to have to depend on the old Coach's Aid forum um, to get updates from games. And then Twitter, you had to depend on Twitter a little bit. But now Squirtle's right there. You basically can get some, some real-time scoring. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about Go ahead and just dive on into basketball now. Absolutely, yeah. Have at it. Um, you can kind of break down. I mean, obviously, you're the foremost expert on Class A and B basketball. Um, I think if anyone were to try and challenge you, they would uh, be sorely defeated. So anything you say is going to be gospel for the rest of the week. Yeah, you know, and I, I always defer to my man, uh, Kevin Farr, a little bit too, who, who got quoted in Jacob's, Jacob Unruh's story today uh, on the Ceiling Girls. Um, in fact, Kevin made the lead. He was the old high school sports guru back in, in the coaches' eight days. You know, I've worked with him for a long time. But uh, Kevin uh, Kevin hasn't forgotten more about bas- uh, small school basketball than, than I've ever known. What's, uh, what's, that, that guy retains everything. But, yeah, let's uh, – you know, I think the most surprising thing over the weekend was a, a game that, that you saw on Squirtle.com or on your Squirtle app. Uh, you know, as Squirtle made its uh, – uh, maiden voyage in the streaming world this past weekend we streamed the um, the area championship games class a area one from the cnbc center in enid um, tom nelson jared mitchell were on the call friday night and then the consolation game saturday tom nelson and, and chad tishner um, did a great job but i think the biggest surprise um i think the the, the one that, that blew everybody away was that class a area one boys um championship game and not necessarily that Okarchi beat Glencoe, but I think when people saw that score, um, I can't see. I'm trying to think of what it was now. 70, uh, 73-37. Yeah, it was uh, just 54-31 at half. Um, Okarchi scored 37 points in the second quarter. Um, it was just a, a crazy, crazy game, and it just kind of snowballed on Glencoe. Um, so... I think that was the biggest surprise to everybody. Then you had the the opposite side of the spectrum. You know that was high. I mean, fifty four thirty one. That's that's a lot of points uh, in a half. And obviously, when Glencoe couldn't in, at the beginning of, of the third period, when Glencoe couldn't make a serious run at Okarchi and really cut into that deficit, they basically just sat back in their zone and let the clock run out. And I mean, it's not literally what happened, but I mean. Um, it was basically fall back and, and, and save the equipment and uh, let's live to fight another day. And, and that's exactly what they did the next day uh, against Shattuck. So, um, and then on the opposite side of the spectrum, you know, we had the uh, the Class B girls game uh, between Varnum and Calumet. I'm trying to think of which area that was. Um, but, you know, that was 7-5 to five at halftime. And I think it ended up uh, 20 to, was it 20-18? to 18? In overtime, uh, the final of that game. <laughs> so great! I see you getting excited over there. Um, those are those are the games that. I will con- I will continue to say, and it might make me sound crass or whatever. But games like that at the door, fans should be handed their money back. <laughs> uh, I hope David Jackson didn't hear that. Because nah. 
that's not going to happen. But it's just, with you, but uh, yeah, I think it's twenty. I, I ripped Calumet off a point. Twenty to nineteen, Barnaby oh. Calumet. Twenty to nineteen. Gosh. I think it went into overtime. Um, so, uh, just a, a very deliberate ball game there. So th- those two games were were uh, on the opposite side. Um, but let's you know go ahead and look at the state brackets. Um, I'll start with the class uh, class A girls. Um, they're at Southern Nazarene. Ceiling taking on uh, OCA. OCA kind of came in through the losers bracket and, and got there. And I think this might be the third year in a row OCA's had to play Ceiling in the first round of the state tournament. I know it's two years in a row for sure. Um, so you know, congratulations, you made the state. Um, you get to take <laughs> yeah. on the team that's chasing history. Uh, Surreal and Smithville are on the same side of the bracket there. Then you got can- bottom half. A really good first round game, Canute and Hydro Weekly. They played once earlier this year. I think Canute got them 63 61, maybe before the turn of the calendar year. Then in the very bottom, Tipton and Frontier. I think everybody's looking at um, Ceiling and Frontier in the finals. Everybody's been saying that all year. Um, Hydro Weekly's not bad at all. Uh, I, I got to see them against uh, Ceiling. Uh, on Friday night there in Enid in that game that was here on Squirtle and um, you know they have they have a lot of, of good pieces but I just you know ceiling off you know took it to them they, they pulled away late but you know Hydro Weekly is a team that you know if they could get past Canute again uh, or get past Canute they could give uh, they could match up the Frontier uh, fairly well but I, I think it's going to be Frontier and ceiling in that championship game and they'll play at 5.30pm uh, Saturday uh, it's State Fair Arena, um, you know. And, and looking at these four brackets, usually there's two, maybe three that you're pretty sure about. You know what's going to happen. Uh, most of these, I'm pretty sure I don't know what's going to happen. I, really, I think they're legitimate toss-ups. Um, and Class A boys, to me, is a perfect example of that. Fort Cobb going for five in a row. They're ranked number one, um, but uh, you know, I, I don't know that I'm just ready just to, to hand in the trophy. Um, they take, take on Garber in the first round. They got a you know potential, or they're going to match up with either if they get past Garber uh, and Coach Will Jones. They're going to take on either Glen Poe, Glen Coe, not Glen Poe, <laughs> Glen Coe, who's now just lost twice this year, or Whitesboro, who beat um, Kiowa and Wright City uh, on the way to uh, to being an area champion. Uh, it's a team we talked about last week, man. That you know played in the tournament of champions um, and. Uh, you they, they were able to come away as a, an area champ, and I, I think that a TOC definitely benefited them. Okarchi and Kiowa, uh, big contrast in styles. One team's going to be very deliberate. One's going to want to run and press and, uh, you know, get the pace up. So we'll see who wins that battle of wheels right there. And then Surreal and Frontier could be a really exciting game there. Um, I think you could play this four or five times and get four or five different champions. Um, I, I don't know who's going to win this one. Um, it's tough to pick against Fort Cobb because uh, it's Fort Cobb and they still have a Heinz uh, on, the, on the team. So, you know, I think smart money says go with the Mustangs. But I, if, if anybody else, I, I can make an argument for anybody else on that bracket. So I really don't know uh, how, how that's going to play out. I don't even, you know, have a, have a good feeling about who's going to play in the, the championship game there. Before we move on to Class B, and you were kind of already hinting around at it right there. Go ahead and make a prediction for both classes. I know um, for the larger schools, we'll probably do something on the website. But you know, if you want to just, we can make our predictions right here and just make them official. Unless you haven't had enough time to think about it. 
No, I've, I've had that's you know I talked with this um, I had lunch with Jared Mitchell today. He'll like I said he called some of those games the last week. We're going to be uh, at Mustang High School uh, broadcasting the A boys quarterfinal games. He's going to be uh, color commentary on the first two of those broadcasts. We were talking about it today, and you know he's like, "Hey, let's make our picks." And I'm like, "Man, I, I was like, I got to do this tonight with Ben." And I was like, I, "I'm going to wuss out and just pick the favorites um, because you know there's really only one that I feel you know somewhat strong." Now, now there's two. I I think Sealing girls are going to win in Class A. It's um, Carly and Macy Gore. It's tough to, to bet against them. Yep, I'll um, go. I'll go with you. Really pushed them last year in the finals. And Frontier has, you know, multiple weapons that can score. They're going to be really tough to defend. Um, but I just think at the end of the day, when uh, you have maybe the two best players on the floor, um, if they can stay out of foul trouble, Carly and Macy Gore, is, I, I, got, I got to go with ceiling until uh, somebody proves me wrong. Yeah, I think I'll go with you on Class A girls. Um, I will say um, – I highly doubt that Misty Cusson and her staff will be at Southern Nazarene Thursday only because ORU has a home game against Omaha. So it would be incredibly difficult to be in Bethany at 3.30 and then be home in Tulsa by 4.30 or 5. I don't know, unless they have some sort of supersonic jet that I'm unaware of. Maybe Oral has a plane that they need to dust off somewhere, but... um, I would imagine they're going to be faces you see at the fairgrounds in Friday and Saturday because they have the weekend off. So be looking for the ORU crew somewhere in Oklahoma City at State Fair Arena because I'm going to guess Ceiling makes it to the championship game and then wins it. And then I know you haven't quite officially, uh, unless you just announced Fort Cobb and I missed it. I'm I'm going to go a little bit different on Class A boys only because they're in your neck of the woods and. Um, you know, spent a little bit of time writing about them while you were out of town earlier or a couple of months ago. But I'll go with the Okarchi boys. Why not? Um, I'll just I'll just take a flyer, and they might be a hot team right now. So I'll put I'll ride with Okarchi and see where I go. Yeah, I, I can see Okarchi getting to Saturday, and I can see Kiowa beating Okarchi. I mean, I I really can. This is I mean, this is to me the toughest bracket, um, just because I think there are multiple teams that can win. Um, Man, you're really sticking it to me here. Uh, I, I'm going to – I knew I'd do this. I'm going to go with Fort Cobb. Uh, That's all right. It's, it's not because I don't want to, and uh, but it's just I don't have the same, you know, strong – last four years I knew Fort Cobb was going to win. I picked him to win it anyway. Right. Um, I've picked him to win it five years in a row now. So this will be my sixth year in a row. I'm going to go with Fort Cobb and uh, Coach Hines to get his, I believe, eighth state championship as a head coach. It's not too shabby. I, I would imagine that's uh, th- those offer some pretty good stories here now and in the future. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're going to hear from Coach Ray West here a little bit later, I believe, um, if, if I didn't mess things up on my audio right there. Yeah, well – Michael recorded a interview with Okarchi coach Ray West, so yeah, we're going to play that later on in the podcast. Just a little little teaser for you guys, whom you know, like oh, they're talking talking basketball right now. I don't know if I should go on, but whenever you you're going to get to listen to Michael interview someone, so you definitely want to hang on for that. Yeah, and one of the things that we'll talk about in there is, is the. I mean, Coach Ray West has been basically for four decades, you know, been coaching basketball. Um, coach Hines at Fort Cobb played for him at Cordell. 
Um, BJ Carr, Billy Carr at Whitesboro was an assistant under Ray West for several years at Ocarty, and, and BJ's younger brothers played for Ray. Um, you know, Ocarty has played Garber, Ocarty has played Glencoe this year, Ocarty played Kiowa just a couple of years ago. Um, they played Surreal just a couple of years ago. They've played Frontier multiple times. I mean, this is so much familiarity with um, Ocarty one way or another, no matter how you want to look at it. So, um, it's just really an interesting bracket for, from uh, a lot of different uh, angles right there. Move on to Class B. Let's do it. Class B. All right. Uh, and another bracket that just stumps me. Um, they're going to be at the fairgrounds all day. It's the Class B girls. And uh, all eight teams made it. All, all eight top eight teams made it, I should say. Um, so the coaches did a good job there. Now they weren't all... They didn't all come in as expected. Um, number two, Lomega came in as a loser. And I, I, for those who think I'm being crude, I mean, that's came in uh, as a consolation champ. That's just kind of the lingo coaches use. Yep, that's just um, the way it goes. Let's see who else did. Uh, number six, Burlington uh, came in as a loser, uh, which I guess not, not necessarily unexpected there. Um, but, you know, there were there were a couple uh, of shockers there. But, uh, you know... This is another one I, I, I'm really stumped at. And I, I'll, I'll go through the teams. Number one, Hammond playing. Number seven, Weber's Falls at two. Um, six, Burlington. Eight, Boy City Keys at 3.30. At seven is Red Oak and Lomega. Um, and, the, you know, 8.30, number five, Duke. Number three, Varnum. I, I can make a case for three or four of these teams. And I used to get in trouble. I used to be threatened if I would pick Lomega to win Class B. Um, that would be was known as the kiss of death. Um, I'm not. I don't. Man, make your pick, man, because I, I've gone back and forth uh, 35 times on this, and I really don't know who I'm going to go with in Class B. And, I, and it honestly isn't due to a lack of thought. It's just I don't know. And this is this is one of those years where I'm just dumped on this stuff. I'm. I have no idea what's going on in Class B girls. I'm just going to be upfront about it. So. You know me, I'm a panhandle guy, so uh, Bosch City probably has no chance, so I'm going Bosch City. Why not? Well, you know, they got the uh, the upset win over Lombega. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Lombega went up two with seven seconds left, made a free throw. Boy City goes the length of the court and uh, makes a shot with about a second, second and a half left, gets fouled, scores the end one to uh, pull off the one-point upset over Lombega. Um, Kevin LeWallen called that, I mean, he said that was – and he's had some painful losses, trust me. Right. Um, he's been fortunate. I think he's won five titles, but he's had some <laughs> some losses that were tough to take, and he said that one was right up there with him. Um, but they did come back the next night and, and beat Timberlake for the fourth time this year, a team that gave him fits three times. Gosh, four times in uh, one year. So uh, it was a good bounce-back game. They didn't repeat last year's fate of getting to the area championship and losing twice. Um, man, I still – I'm – I'm going to do it. I'm going to wuss out. I'm going to wuss out. I'm going to go with Hammond. Um, you know, just nobody really. I don't think anybody in Class B has beaten him. I know that Sealing t- took it to him twice. Um, no shame in that. Sealing's taken it to a lot of teams. Uh, but, you know, Lomega's gotten their shot at him. Uh, I think Duke did the other night. Uh, nobody's got him in Class B. So until somebody does, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Hammond. Uh, I'm sorry, Hammond, in advance. Well, Hammond. If they advance past Weber Falls, they have that nine a.m. game at the at the fairgrounds, and they call it they call it breakfast at the big house. Yep, they, they do. Say it's, 
What hey, the biggest question I have is how, and this maybe this is something I could ask David Glover or one of us could ask David Glover like the next time we have him on the podcast or whatever. But the semifinals game, semifinal games, ones at nine a.m. and ones at six p.m. But then there's a noon championship game. Like I, my question is, how does that? How does that end up falling into place, and how is the other semifinal game not at like one thirty or four thirty? I'm there's not much of a difference between four thirty and six, but it seems like nine a.m. and six p.m. is such a big difference. And then to meet again at a noon title game, I can't imagine that the four teams on the bottom would be all that fired up about playing at six and then playing a title game at noon. I know if you're going for a championship, you'll play at any time, anywhere. But it's always it's always really weird to me some of the timings. Because they want to keep the teams opposite, and so they have to plan in advance for that. So, like you know, the Class A games, right? Um, when you have, uh, you know, I think both what both Frontier teams are in, both Surreal teams are in. I think both Duke and teams so are in Class that B. That becomes a scheduling headache, and so they try to keep those teams opposite. And so things kind of sometimes fall into funky time slots, right? Um, I, I think David. I think David handles the times. David Jackson, I, I do believe he handles the times, and, and Glover just makes sure you know that the teams are in the right slots. Um, but yeah, that is that, that is a great question for David. Um, I do know that sometimes coaches have issue with playing a later game and then having to turn around and you know and having you know that there, there's a big gap there from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. So sure, um, you know. I didn't hear any audible groans, um, or nobody said anything to me at the arena about it. But, but you know that some some coaches uh, do voice concern over that. Right. I, that's. And who I'm, did I pick I'm a, now? Or you forgot Hammond. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, I, I threw you way off track. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> and um, before you dive into class, before you dive into class B boys, I'm just going to go ahead and pick Duke, just because I know you you hyped them up all year. So I'm going Duke. Yep. So. That's two for Duke. Um, uh, that's my pick. Number two team in the state, uh, 29 and 0. Uh, number one, Kenta's 26 and 2. They're on the top half of the bracket. Duke, uh, Class B boys are going to be at U- UConn High School on Thursday. Um, Kenta's going to play unranked Braggs. Uh, number five, Big Pasture. And number eight, Lukiba Sickle. They're on the top half of the bracket. Lukiba uh, beat Leedy, uh, maybe at the buzzer with a three pointer. On Friday, Leedy bounced back to, to knock out O'Keen on Saturday, so they're still in. I think number three, Cutting Met, number four, Leedy is the best first-round matchup of the day. Um, uh, those are two excellent ball clubs. Leedy is really young. Um, you know, Cutting Met's kind of a new-look team. No Reggie Island this year. Or I said Reggie Island. Uh, what is it? Riley Island. Reggie's Riley Island, yeah. older cousin, I believe. Um, another old coach's aid legend there. And then uh, Duke and Peyton could be a fun one there. Um you know, there's going to be a lot of talent on the on the floor for that Duke Payton game and uh, that 3:30 game. That'd be a fun one to go watch it if you can if you can be there. Um, I think the... it's going to come down to Duke and Kenta. Uh, I, I could be way wrong there. I just that's just the way I feel. And, and I think um, for some reason I, I've, I've felt I've been telling everybody I think Duke's going to win it. I like to I don't like to pick the undefeated teams because <laughs> it just it doesn't usually work out that way for them. Uh, right. seems, you know, we, we don't have a lot of defeated state champions, uh, but still I'm going to pick Duke to do it. Uh, and, and I think they're going to go through and, you know, I talked about Jameson Richardson and, and then getting him at the Christmas break. And I think he's the one that puts him over the top. All that sounds good to me. I, I'm looking forward to, you know, keeping up with 
the Squirtle app, keeping up, keeping track of all the scores. Um, you know, for us over here on the east side of the state, you know, there's not a whole lot of local draw. I know Weber's Falls is a the east side team that has some interest from down in the southeast, and same with Red Oak. I mean, we talked about Red Oak in a podcast or two a while back, and they're always a fun program to watch. And so here on the east side of the state, I'll tr- I'll try and keep track of a lot of the area scores and everything like that. And um, this time next week, we'll be breaking down a lot of the class 2A through 6A. We might not be able to hit everything because there's w- when you get to that level, there's so much to talk about. Um, all the great players that are going to be playing in state tournaments, all the great matchups, um, you know, what what potential matchups there could be and, you know, what games we're looking forward to. We'll have all that next week. So really looking forward to the small school uh, state tournaments. I know those those get a huge attention around here. I mean, they're such small towns, but you would never know it when you show up to the State Fair Arena because the stands are packed. And, um, I mean, I, as far as you're concerned, where does the small school state basketball tournaments rank in your mind in terms of excitement and, you know, you know, the yeah. anticipation every year? I mean, it, it's the schools for, for these towns. I mean, they're literally for a lot of these towns, they're the lifeblood. And so, you know, you know, you go to, you go to a six, a game and there's going to be some family members there. And, you know, some of the schools have a decent student section. Others don't have one at all, right? Um, but, but they they have a you know very little just natural fan base. Um, it's you know, like I said, it's family, it's students, and and that's about it. Um, these schools, you know, a, a basketball game on Tuesday and Friday night, it's, it's what you do. And you know, you follow, you, you do it at home, you you follow them on the road, and then when they go to state, everybody shows up, and you know, people who don't live there anymore, the, the alumni, they come to the game too. So, I mean. This means a lot. Um, that's you know it's what I grew up with uh, in Dover. Um, you know, it's Tuesday night. It's, it's basketball night. Where's the game tonight? Is it here? Is it there? Where are we going? Right. We made it to state. That's a huge deal. Um, there's no way we're going to miss out on this. So um, it's just it's a big. You know, the next weekend overall, it's better basketball. It really is. Two um, A through four A that I get to see here. Um, you know, the athletes are a little bit better. You know. Overall, um, the basketball itself is better. The crowds are a little bit bigger because they're still small towns, but they're bigger small towns. Um, but this this first weekend, I love it. It's just uh, it just means so much to these people, um, and and they're going to follow these teams uh, to the very end. And you know, it's, it's like I said, it's what I grew up with, so um, I never want to get away from that. Well, there's really no easy way to transition to it, but you know. In the same venue last weekend, and we kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, you know, state wrestling. I'll just kind of briefly break it down because we're going to do a new segment here in just a minute and try and wrap things up and get to Michael's interview with Ray West. But um, uh, state wrestling tournament, Class 3A. Michael, can you take a guess at who won Class 3A? It's real real difficult. It wasn't Kingfisher. No, it was not Kingfisher. Let's see. Who would be my second choice? Maybe Perry. Yes, you are correct. I don't know how you would have ever guessed that, but they they seem to show up at State Fair Arena really good at wrestling. It's, it's always a very big stunner. Um, it's funny because they're the only wrestling team that has a radio crew follow them around. Um, I always think it's funny that you know you show up at State Basketball and there's a radio crew. You know a lot of these you know two A through six A you have a radio crew following some of these teams everywhere. But Perry's wrestling team has has themselves a broadcast team at least for the state tournament. So it's always kind of funny. Um, 
some of the things that stood out to me in Class 3A. Um, Bridge Creek got its first individual titles with Colton Smith at 126, and then Colby Dupron followed at 145. Uh, got a video interview with Colby there at State Fair. I think I ended up shooting 11 interviews, so go check those out on Squirtle. Um, had a couple brain farts along the way. I knew Talon, Kowita's Talon Bohr was going to OU, but I decided to ask him where he's going to college anyways because my brain fails to work at times. Don't you love that? When <laughs> you know something and you just <laughs> make yourself sound like a total idiot, and, I, and, and you just wish you could grab those words and stuff them back in your mouth. I, I go, oh, and where are you going to school? And he goes, OU. And I, I'm sure the look on my face was, I'm a total idiot. I apologize for asking that. I already knew that. I'm sorry. But... um I did the same thing all year long. I've been typing Drake Van Oy as a junior at Jinx. And then I asked him, now that you've wrapped up your career, what's next for you? I think the look on his face was, I'm going to come back and wrestle for another year, doofus. So, yeah. Luckily, both of those kids are really good kids. And they just kind of, they let it roll off their back. And I'm the one that ends up looking goofy because that's, after all, that's kind of, that's kind of my shtick anyway. So, whatever. Um, As far as the rest of 3A goes, pretty good action. Drake Barbie won at 195, did a story on him on Squirtle um, two years ago. was in a horrific car accident, had some brain bleeds, broken bones all over his body. Might have been – doctor told him he'd never seen anyone go through what he did and end up walking normally again. Sure enough, he did. Not only that, he goes on to win the state championship. Very impressive. Going, going to go to Arkansas Little Rock and a new wrestling program that's starting up there. Congratulations to him. Great family. I've known his dad for a long time. He's a solid dude, and I know he's going to the NCAA championship in Pittsburgh, so I'm very jealous. And then in, uh, Connor Doucette at 220 for Comanche won his third title. He will be going for his fourth next year. Uh, OSU commit, really solid kid, and probably going to end up being a heavyweight at OSU when the dust settles. What about if I had to give you one guess as to who won the 4A title? Uh, would you go true or false if I told you that McLean won the team state championship? Absolutely true. False. Oh you, man, you've lost man. your you've lost your card carrying membership for wrestling. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was uh, it was Tuttle. They sco- I, I don't know, maybe Tuttle. I'll just throw a guess out there. The, well, they barely won. They only scored like a million team points. I had some guy. Um, I was sitting down on the floor at one point trying to get some video interviews and he came up to me and he goes well the tuttle train's not doing very well tonight and i i didn't really know what to say because all they were doing was cruising to another team title with garrett steadley Ryder ramsey brady diarmond luke serber dustin plot and carson berryhill all winning individual championships and then they had let's see reese davis logan farrell bryce Dauphin, harley andrews Kevin Geffy, and that was it as runner-ups. I mean, there were 14 weights, and they had 12 finalists. To me, that's pretty impressive. Matt Serber and his coaching staff just sit in the corner pretty much all night. It's great stuff. Um, I wonder what that guy's expectations were. I mean, (laughs) I guess guess the train wasn't doing so well. I guess he expected all of them to go out there and tech fall, like 15-0 every guy. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) match of the night for sure to me was Thaddeus Long, McLean. Uh, McLean hadn't won a title since 77. Um, he put them back on the map. He's been really good as a union transfer. Um, him and Tuttle's Logan Farrell went back and forth, tied 10-10 at the end of six minutes. Um, Thaddeus came up with a takedown, kind of set the place on fire, went in 12-10. to 
I think, you know, you get to this stage and a lot of people, if, you, if they're not Tuttle fans, everyone's kind of against Tuttle because I think everyone's tired of seeing them win. I'm not. I, I love watching Matt Serber and what he's able to do with his guys. Gets absolutely the most out of every single guy. Dustin Plott is kind of a guy at 170. He's ranked third in the country at 170, and I don't think he gets the credit that's due. All he does is win all the time, and he's going to end up leaving this state. He's not going to be a four-time state champion, but he might end up being one of the best wrestlers to ever come through this state. That's just me personally. I don't know. Um, if anything, do you stuck out about 4A, or we can keep on moving along if you want to. No, I mean, I just I, you, you said the week before, you know, they're going to rack up over 200 points, so I was curious, you know, would they really – you know, hit that mark, and uh, sure enough, what was it, two, two thirty, two twenty nine, something like that. I think it was two thirty seven. If I, I don't have it right in front of me, but I think it was two thirty seven somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, and, and second place was didn't even score a hundred, right? I mean, no, nope, they didn't. Cushing, Cushing, Cushing was second, I think, at ninety six or seventy six yeah, somewhere in that no. neighborhood. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's just absolute domination. I mean, it's it. We expected it going in, and it happened. So I'm kind of like you. I mean, it's it's cool to see those. You know, the Perrys and Tuttles of the world continue those traditions because, I mean, it, 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 it gives everybody else, it makes everybody else, you know, you, you don't want them to come back to the pack. You want everybody else to get better and, and try to, you know, get to that level. So I think it makes everybody else a little bit better. Yep. Um, and, and 5A, uh, that was where the biggest drama happened. Collinsville won four of the first five championships with Cameron Steed, Jordan Williams, Rocky Stevens, Caleb Tanner. Caleb will go for his fourth title next year. But um, Sky Tuck's Corbin McLaughlin at 220 kind of had the team title riding on his shoulders. He needed he needed a win to at least tie with Collinsville. He's going up against Claremore's Seth Sego. Um, anything beyond a decision, and I think Sky Tuck would have won the title outright. Instead, he beat Seago 4-1. Collinsville Sky took split the championship. And uh, it was kind of funny. Corbin beat Seth, but as he did, he turned towards the bench in the crowd and he spiked his headgear, which is supposed to be a dock of a team point. <laughs> the look on Jake Parker's face, Sky took's coach, was <laughs> the look of absolute terror. But, 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 luck, but luckily, the official kind of looked the other way, let it go. They split the title. Fun fact. Sky took um, Sky took and Collinsville flipped a coin to see who would take the t- take the trophy home, and it's now at Sky took. Collins- Collinsville, yours is in the mail, Collinsville. Yep, that's right. Collinsville called the coin flip, and they lost. So Sky took took some hardware home. What did they pick? Oh, I didn't ask that. I I was talking to Jake Parker yesterday. I need to go. I need to go ask which if it was if tails failed or what's the other one. So tails never fails. That's right. And six A B A. Won the first, won their first title since 2015. Had individual champions. Zach Marticelli became four-time state champion. Reese Whitcraft labored through pretty much the entire month of February, but got a state championship at 132. Emmanuel Skillings, a sophomore, won at 182. Um, Mustang ended up winning the most individual championships and by far had the most fun. I mean, they had a little corner. The 6A mat is over there by the head table, and they had a little corner. Their coaches and wrestlers were all cheering on one another, and it was, kind of, it was fun to watch Mustang, especially a guy like Judson Rowland, who I didn't think was going to win at 195, and sure enough, he did. So just a lot of fun, um, great action nonstop all the way through. Um, was going to debut a new segment. Um, we're going to name our MVPs of the week. I'll let you go first. I have a couple lined up, and then we'll kick it over to your interview with Ray West. 
Well, I got probably one that maybe some people might scratch their head on it just a little bit, but uh, I'll explain why I am because it might not just blow you away. Um, but my MVP is the Crescent Girls basketball team. And, again, a lot of people may not get that, but Crescent um, won three games last week at the regional, um, won the regional consolation championship. Uh, let's see. They beat uh, uh, Pawnee, yep, 34-25 in that regional consolation championship game. Defeated number seven, Caney Valley, on Friday, 31-26 and uh, had beaten Mounds on Mounds' home court on Thursday, 54-40. Mounds, I think, was ranked number 17. Uh, big deal. A team has gotten to the area tournament, uh, you know, a huge deal. Um, but I, I just think Coach Carl Butt and uh, his Lady Tigers deserve some credit because, I mean, they've been fighting out of the doldrums of basketball for a number of years. And uh, I give Coach Butt a lot of credit for sticking around. I don't know if it ever, you know, the thought ever entered his mind to, to ever, you know, get out of there. But, you know, I think this is his sixth year. And uh, his first year won two games. Second year won five. Third year won three. Fourth year they won four games. He was an assistant before he was a head coach, and I think they won two games that year, which would have been 2012-2013. I mean, they were playing in the Three Rivers Conference, and they were just getting their brains beat in every night by the likes of Okarchi and Cashin and Thomas was really good at the time, um, you know. And O'Keen would have good teams, and it was just impossible to play those teams night in, night out, and, and get better um, because they're just getting blasted and they were getting, you know, toilet bowl game every year in the conference tournament. Um, but you know, they just he, he stayed there and they they stuck with him, and I, I really credit Crescent for that. And uh, you know, last year they won 16 games and they got to the regional consolation final. And uh, this year they're 19 and nine, and they're in the area tournament. And uh, like I said, I just I really credit him for sticking around. I don't know if he ever thought about leaving. Um, I, I don't. I didn't talk with him about that. And I credit Crescent for sticking with him because you know usually you go through two, five, three, four wins, you know, in, in four years, and and you go shopping around elsewhere for coaches. Uh, you know, the blame gets put on the coach. Um, so I credit Crescent, I credit Coach Carl Butt, I credit the Lady Tigers. Um, Elizabeth Patello is a, a man; she's a fun player to watch. Um, you know, I think I think she's in a couple of years going to land at a college somewhere. Um, but uh, you know, that's they're my MVPs for uh, you know climbing out of what was just a you know just a dark hole of basketball uh, to now within three honestly three winnable games uh, to get to a state tournament. Nice, I like that. I gives me something to watch for this weekend with Crescent going at it and what, 2A girls, I'd imagine? Yeah, 2A girls taking on Preston um, nice. Thursday and Edith. And, you know, Preston's got, oh, I don't know, maybe a slight tradition advantage. Yeah, um, a little bit. <laughs> but Crescent, uh, they're playing at the, the Enid, um, the Central National Bank Center. Crescent played the Three Rivers Conference Tournament there, made the finals, got beat by Cashin in the finals, but made the finals there. So they're going to have, they've played there. Um. So you know they they do have that advantage, and uh, so uh, and obviously they're playing well right now. So this is you know they're going to play Preston if they can find a way to get past Preston. Probably going to play Hooker. Um, Hooker's a talented team, but it, you know that's it's a team that Crescent can beat, um, and then probably get another crack at Luther on Saturday. So I mean, like I said, the odds are against them, but uh, the fact that they're at the area tournament it's it's huge for Crescent, in my opinion. Nice. And shout out to Coach Carl Butt. Um, I asked him a question or two and, and mentioned to him that uh, 
that I was, I was working on something for a podcast, and uh, his first reply back was, loyal listener, by the way. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one, man. He's the one. Oh, awesome. I, I knew there was one, one click each week. Actually, there's two, because I think okay. I do. I get notifications that Lynn Shackelford, he'll like stuff, so he's... Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know if he knew that, but he's outed himself by clicking certain buttons on the podcast. Uh, even better. Uh, and and before we get to yours, uh, I can I can I do a runner up. Absolutely. Okay. Um, if I'm sure you've seen the video, um, I call it the the punch heard around Northwest Oklahoma. Yep. Um, but Josh Deese, the official, um, I I put the tweet out first. Uh, it was a video of the video. Um, the the footage wasn't great, but you could definitely tell what happened. But um, it was the, the Class A boys consolation championship Saturday night, Shattuck and Glencoe. And uh, Shattuck got an and one, and Blake Spencer, who was looking at the basket, got fired up because his teammate just scored a bucket and, and there was a whistle. And so he just kind of, you know, really swung and pumped his arm. Well, Josh Deese, the official, was walking right into the swing. And it took him down. I mean, it, I said, it took him down. It took him to a knee. And uh, credit to Josh Deese. He was down for a few minutes on a knee, but he finished the game. And uh, and uh, if you've seen the video, which a lot of people have, I think combined it's got over 20-some thousand views. Oh, yeah. Between my, my, my um, tweet and Squirtle's tweet. Um, uh, and uh, I'm sure you've seen it, but uh, it was obviously, obviously a mistake by Blake Spencer or an accident. Not a mistake. It was an accident. He had no idea he was behind him. But Josh Dees finished the game, so, uh, you know, he's definitely runner-up MVP right there. He must have been like a former hockey player or something in a former life or something like that. No doubt. Uh, I would I would have handed over my whistle and, and gone about my merry way. No doubt. Well, I, my MVPs of the week, I kind of mentioned them earlier. Uh, McQueen, Thaddeus Long, first title at the school since 1977. Colton Smith and Colby Dupron at Bridge Creek picking up the school's first titles. Same with Durant's Cody Hicks. Got a story on him up on Squirtle.com. Go check it out. And then two two new members to the four-time state champion club, Choctaw Zane Coleman, Broken Arrow Zach Marticelli. Congrats to those guys. We'll have a couple of those to keep an eye on next year, but I kind of hit on them already, but they're my MVPs of the week. Um, with that, Michael, thanks for joining me. Um, we will have some wall-to-wall basketball this weekend make sure to check that out and uh we're going to go right into your interview with ray west all right as promised we're here with okarty boys coach ray west uh coach congratulations back in the state tournament um last few years um this time of year it's shipping them off to baseball but here we are first week of march just about and you're still practicing basketball i'm sure you love that feeling Yes, we do. We haven't made it back for a few years now. We've been to area, yeah. you know, all those years and everything. Uh, we've been to area 23 of the 25 years I've been here, but it uh, uh, it feels really good to go back to state again. These are great kids, uh, and they have worked hard, and they they deserve to get to get rewarded. I think when people were, were checking their Squirtle app on Friday night or even waking up Saturday morning and seeing scores, I think – the, the score that shocked him the most was Okarchi Glencoe. Um, not the fact that you won, but the fact that you won 73-37. to 37. Um, Going into the game, would you have ever imagined that, that it would go the way it did as far as, you know, you guys just really pulling away um, the way you did? No, no, definitely not. They've got a really good ball club. Um, we just uh, we just 
hit our shots and and it kind of just started snowballing and yeah. and uh, uh, and yeah you're right the other three game all three if I remember right all uh, the three other final games on Friday night were three point games yeah. for the rest of them so yeah people looked at that one and probably said you know wow but uh, no I, they've got they've got a good ball club and and of course they they scored eighty six the next night and right. so you know I mean. Uh, they can they can score. I mean, we just did do a really good good job on defense and uh, uh, hit our shots. Was there a point in the game you felt because um, thirty seven points in the second quarter outscored them thirty seven eighteen. You were up fifty four thirty one at half. Was there a point where you felt the game really turned in your favor um, to, to where you were able to pull away? And I should note, you know, Chris Avila twenty seven points in the first half alone. Um, he had uh, he had a big half, but but was there a certain point where you felt like oh, okay, this really switched uh, in our favor? Well, that second quarter, I mean, we we've scored, uh, I think we scored thirty four uh, in the in the third quarter of uh, the district, and we just we feel like that, uh, that you know we can score in bunches like that. So yeah, at halftime, looked up and I go, oh, my gosh, you know we're we're really rolling. Um, in your, I mean, it's. Not been an easy run for you. You, you talk about the district final. Was that Ringwood? Yes. Uh, quality twenty win team there, I believe. Yeah, they were twenty. They were twenty enough and uh, four. Yeah. Twenty and four, twenty and five when they when we played them in the district. And then you have to go play Shattuck on their home court to open regionals. You fall down seventeen in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, come back and beat them in overtime. And then it's Laverne. You never want to play Laverne in the playoffs in any sport. Nope. Um, it, you know. And then number two Glencoe. So um, your guys have, have really. Put together a solid run just to get to the state tournament, wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely, and and that's why I'm so proud of the seniors and, and happy for them because uh, uh, they've worked hard to accomplish this, and, and they've really spent a lot of extra time, um, and and they have faced good teams, but I think that's going to help us in the state tournament, um, uh, you know, because we have played some quality teams. Sixteenth um, trip for the Okarchi boys, I think it's his eleventh time uh, in your 25 years here. Uh, yeah, okay. eleven times. And from 2000 to 2012, you go nine times. Mm-hmm. Been a bit of a dry spell. Mm-hmm. Um, does it make you appreciate that much more? Um, you can kind of get spoiled by success, and I know you always appreciated every trip you made. But does it make you appreciate it that much more to have missed it every year since 2012, and then to get back after the long absence? Yeah, definitely. You know, we have a tradition here when our teams make state tournament in any sport. They have a, a little kind of a caravan. They get the police and they get the fire trucks and and they uh, go around the the town and then they end up you know at the other end of town and then we come back and they're all honking their horns and people are you know out and I <laughs> I definitely missed that when I was riding that <laughs> night. I told Aaron he was driving the bus and I was on the other side. I said, man, I miss I miss this right here. It's just really a, a thrill. You mentioned Aaron, your son Aaron West, um, uh, and I've written about this in the Kingfisher paper, but you know. You've made uh, state with him as a player. Um, he's made state as coach at Lomega. You've made state, obviously, as a coach. This is the first time since he's here that you've made it together. Again, just something else to add to uh, the, um, this being such a special season for yes, you. Yes, that, that is special. Uh, I, I really enjoyed coaching. I coached uh, two of my kids. I coached my oldest daughter, and, uh, and uh, we made the state tournament with her uh, here at her senior year. And then Aaron, we made the... Uh, we made the finals, ninety-seven. Um, ninety-seven, yes, and and now he's coaching with me. So yes, it is kind of a special, 
uh, a special de- type deal. And then now I've got four of my six grandkids in elementary PE. So I'm yeah. I'm living a dream. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. And then, you know, at the very same time that uh, that you are beating Glencoe, um, down in southeastern Oklahoma, Whitesboro is knocking off Wright City, last year's 2A champ, um, BJ, Billy Carr. Um, maybe they call him Billy down there. We call him BJ up mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was a longtime assistant of yours. He put in a lot of hours with you, um, sometimes for not much of anything, um, you know, and I know that he was there on a lot of uh, scouting trips with you, on the bench with you for a lot of years. Um, so again, just another element to this state tournament to where, you know, I know BJ was really special to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you gotta be really proud of, of one of your protégés. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, and they beat Kiowa, the team that we're going to play, yeah. they beat them in the regionals. And then, and then they, so they, I think they were four or something like that. And, and then he beats Wright City in the area finals and they were five. I mean, he's knocked off two quality teams too. And then, you know, Wright City and Kiowa had to play to see who goes to state, and that went in overtime. Yeah. And uh, and Kiowa's coming, but definitely uh, uh, him and, and and Tyler and the whole family. Uh, we got really close. Of, of, you know, him playing here, Jay played here, his brother played here. Uh, also, I didn't get to coach um, uh, BJ, but I think he was with me. You know, for quite a while, five or six years, assistant. And we went yeah. through a lot of you know state tournaments and really good games so yes i am proud he's worked hard to get here that's back when uh, game film was on vhs and <laughs> dvd and you were driving to uh the panhandle down to uh, the woods of southeastern mm-hmm. oklahoma to chase down tape um you mentioned kiowa you play them two o'clock thursday at mustang um uh, you know is this uh how similar is this to the kiowa team that won it a couple of years ago um, I know, you know, same coach and yep. same system, I would think. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I got to imagine it's yet another scary opponent for you. It is. It is. Uh, uh, they've got a really good coach. Uh, uh, Keith just a, does a really good job. And, and I, you know, his style has not changed. He, he believes in what he – you know, we believe in our system and then he believes in his. Uh, we, we uh, you know, when they knocked off uh, Fort Cobb, I believe they were undefeated. Uh, in the first round, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, the, that year. Then we played them two years ago in the regionals, uh, and, uh, you know, they were ahead of us, and then we came back and won that game. So he's a yeah, quality opponent uh, and a really nice guy. He's really he's really a good guy because I've talked to him quite a bit and um, and stuff. So, he, he uh, yeah, he's going to be a good opponent. He believes in his system. Um you just go looking through it. You know, you've played Kiowa recently. You've played Surreal. And I say recently, within the past couple of years. Right. You've played Surreal recently. Um, you and Coach Wexstein at Frontier are very familiar with one another. Um, obviously, you're familiar with BJ. You've played Glencoe. You've played Garber. A lot of familiarity um, mm-hmm. in this state tournament. Um, do you feel like this is up there for anybody to grab this year? Obviously, Fort Cobb's number one. They've won four in a row. Everybody's picking Fort Cobb. Um, but do you still feel like this is this is a tournament that that any one of those eight teams could can make a three game run? Yes, this is, this is the most balanced I think state tournament I've seen in a long time, and uh, and four Cubs good, uh, but I, I think uh, uh, you know I think it's not the year that they can mail the trophy to them. I think that any one of these eight teams that, that get to play in three good days in a row uh, can win. And see, I've even got my uh, uh, student. Uh, uh, manager 
uh, Cole Baumhoff, Mason's brothers, is uh, doing his student teaching and working at uh, at uh, Frontier. So there's yeah. another, you know, there's yeah. another connection that that we have. But quite a few, quite a few in the, in the mm-hmm. state tournament this time. Scott played for me at yeah. Fort Cobb. He he played for me at uh, Cordell. So there's uh, a. Ray Ray West tree branches everywhere. Uh, in <laughs> yeah, it's when you're old and dirt <laughs> that uh, that you you've made a lot of acquaintances and you've you've been around a lot of people and former players and stuff that are coaching now and and people that's work with me. So yeah, you just got to be old to have all that. All right. Well, uh, two o'clock Thursday, Mustang High School. Hope uh, everybody can go out there and cheer you guys on against Kiowa. Uh, Want Kiowa fans there as well too, but. Uh, People who can't be there, we are going to be streaming that on Squirtle.com and on the Squirtle app. So anybody from Okarchi can't make it, Kiowa can't make it, uh, we'll have that so they can watch it online. Coach, best of luck this week. Thank you very much.